gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I am Chris, and I am joined, as always, by the great Halbridius, a.k.a. Hal, a.k.a. Jake. Flattery will get you, like, nowhere. What what the, what the hell is this? You didn't introduce yourself uh, by yeah, your no, handle. I'm... You skipped your handle, <laughs> and then you're trying to kiss ass. No one needs to I, find I don't me. trust don't this behavior at all. This is untrustworthy behavior. Don't, what do you don't want? Look for me. If you want to follow someone, follow Jake at Helbridius, and then follow his second channel, which I love at Hal. What's it? Hal Clips. Hal's uh, Hal's vids. Hal's vids. Hal's vids. Yeah. Okay. I Hal Clips makes me sound like I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that just because I can get your like game feed separate from your normal like personal feed. And oh my god, does it clear up my timeline <laughs> without you having a million and a half tweets all right in a row? In, uh, like, the longest text chains ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I had several people request that. Uh, and and then uh, uh, it was also a thing where it was, like, if I ever get flagged for clipping things, it was like, all right, you can suspend that one. Yeah. I'll make a house fit two, a house fit three, <laughs> and a house fit four. We'll do that. What's entertaining is because I, I, I follow that account, but I have it like blocked or like muted or something like that so i don't see it on my timeline okay then i just go and go through it separately but i appreciate the love yeah (laughs) when when someone tweets at you it still shows up like on my timeline so like if interesting you you and like rod or like james tweet like i'll still see that interaction but not the actual like not your tweets Hmm, i have to click on it and find out what you've done done there Okay, enough about my timeline. That's it's weird. I don't like talking about that. <laughs> the timeline is secret. Keep it safe. Yes, very hidden. Is it secret? All right. Is it safe? Let's move on. You so, didn't get the Lord of the Rings reference. We don't need to have this discussion at the moment. <laughs> All right. That will get us even farther off track, and we have a lot to talk about today. So. Starting off with where we've been since we left off, I feel like we left off with the Pistons in a pretty damn good spot. I think they no, had won, it was a like, miserable spot. They were winning. It was a terrible it spot. Looked, it was good basketball for once that people enjoyed watching. Gross. We had won what three in a row? It was like it was like was four that? out of six or four out of five. Yeah, we were on fire, and we are now the opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, as Jake put it in the rundown. The Pistons are six and one since we last spoke. In, in the, the good way that he cares about. <laughs> so Ho- I hopefully going to make it make it uh, seven and one because we're we're recording as the Hawks uh, Pistons game tips right now. Yep. So <laughs> unfortunately, we are not the only team that's on a quote winning streak. The Thunder have currently won ten games in a row, which has put them kind of back in the hunt. Uh, Houston is firmly a game ahead of the Pistons, Magic, Thunder, who are all kind of competing for that number one, uh, the most ping-pong balls, essentially. Or the best ping-pong balls? No, it's the most. I, I forget how it works nowadays. Um, I mean, the Magic it's, have won it's, two in a it's row. It's technically the, the most numbers. <laughs> yes. Because the, there's only there's only the, the ten ping-pong balls, the zero through nine balls. And then they yeah. literally, like, you get assigned, uh, like, the, the Pistons get 14% or whatever is the mm-hmm. the share of first. So when they draw, you get 14% of the combinations of 0 through 9. 
So yep. it's f- honestly a really intriguing process, and I think it's weird. Zach Lowe had a great article on it years back. Yeah, I know and he does the, the, the ones where he sits <laughs> in on the room. Yeah, yep, where he like he likes to nerd out on it, and I kind of a part of me wishes that was the part that was like live streamed and like televised, just to be like, oh my god, it's a two at the end. What does that mean? I don't know, but that could be good. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird that they like don't. I don't know. The pageantry around the lottery is actually like really not good. It's really the, lot- the lottery it's show odd. itself is terrible. Like it's the unintentional humor on that is just through the roof, though. It's That's just why I watch uh, it. it's just what's his face. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry to the guy, the the man who's been doing it forever. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> I can picture him too. I, I can, can see him in NBA 2K. He's been doing it so long. <laughs> what is uh, his name? Oh. oh god it's what well, he's the deputy commissioner right yeah or vice commissioner or something like that mark tatum tatum yeah yeah mark tatum and it's just like it's just mark his, tatum i can picture his face who, i can picture his voice i just can't yeah yeah that name together he just reads like three cards and then just like stops and they go to commercial and then they read three cards and somebody on the broadcast desk is like you know if the name shows up they haven't gotten the first pick and everyone's like, yeah, we know how this works. It's been, like, I don't know, 50 years since they put in the lottery? I don't know how long ago Ewing was. Or pretty much, well, it wasn't that long, I don't think. Ewing was the first one, I believe, and he yeah. wasn't. He'd be 40 God, years now, right? Probably, yeah, it's probably 40 years, holy shit. 40, 50 years. Like, it's, it's been a long time. But, yeah, so, I don't know. It, it, more uh, more information on, the, on how it goes, seeing the numbers get drawn would be pretty fun. Like knowing which numbers, you, which block of numbers your team has, and trying to like parse the stuff would be pretty fun. But I believe Ewing came out in the '85 draft, so that would 45? be just under 40 years. 85, so Old 35, yeah, yeah, 37, 37, 37. Going on this year. All right, so yeah, the long story short, Pistons are doing okay in the uh, the Tankathon ratings. They are a uh, they have a win up. And a loss down on Houston, so they're they're actually, uh, game but a game hand. in hand. So, um, yeah, it's it's a game, but gotta lose it, gotta lose it, gotta keep losing, lose all the games. Definitely do not play the Hawks very well today at all. Uh, they <laughs> they're relatively healthy, and that sucks. Boo, boo, more rest games. Boo. Uh, <laughs> something something I I have further down in the notes, but like. It'll be interesting to see how the tanking goes because they, like we got our first DNP resting uh, <laughs> of the of the year, which is great. Um, like, what what kind of shenanigans are we gonna see? Are we finally gonna see Chris Smith play uh, in a Pistons uniform? Who knows? Uh, like, we're so finally. Here's, here's what I'd think of looking at, especially at the schedule we have right now. The Pistons don't have to like super tank, like. Looking at our schedule, all but one game is against teams that either are in the playoffs, in the hunt, or want to be in the playoff hunt. Like, we have 76ers, Bucks, Mavs, like, Nets. Yeah, but we have also had irrational wins this year. We have. We beat the Bucks. <laughs> like, we're not supposed to beat the Bucks. The Bucks are supposed to beat us by 35. Uh, the, the game that I have circled on the, like, <laughs> calendar will be the April 1st, April Fool's Day game in OKC. That's going to be a beautiful tankathon, a oh tank off, God. if you will. I'm not. I'm right. not ready for it. I'm going to get yelled at for rooting for us to lose. 
All right, you want to go All through right. the injury roundup real quick? Yep. So we decided to make a separate section for this just because there's actually a pretty so good amount many. on here. So first off, Hami has an avulsion fracture. Am I saying that right? I have yes. no idea. I've never, it, never it, so an avulsion fracture is where like the tip of your tendon, where it anchors onto the bone, breaks off or cracks. Uh, wow. So you suddenly can't like bend your finger. It's uh, finger avulsion fractures are... are called like jersey breaks or something uh because a lot of people get them because they pull on somebody's jersey and like it happens because your muscle pulls too tight so you can get them dunking a lot because uh you dunk and you like pull your finger it's a it's a it's a hyperextension injury basically usually so uh tommy's had that for two weeks now and i believe the average is like an eight week recovery so mm-hmm. I don't expect to see him the rest of the season, really. They they only just announced the avulsion fracture a couple of days ago. Before yep. that, they were just like, he's hurt. But Yeah, I think I saw a quote that Casey said that he hopes hopes to see Hami and Frank before the end of the season, which to me is code for... It's not happening. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> yeah, and Frank's got back problems, which, I mean, just get right, because back problems are awful. Yep, exactly. And those are, back problems especially something where it's like, that's your entire life to deal with. Don't yeah. fuck around with back problems. Yeah, don't screw so. around with back problems. Don't try anything. Back problems, concussions, you take every single bit of, of time you need. Yep. And then speaking of those, Isaiah Livers, um, is he playing this game? He's not. I know he was doubtful. Okay, so he's not in. So he is out I again. I don't think with so. I thought he was out. Out. Because he had a concussion. Last I saw was doubtful, which for me, doubtful with the concussions, like yeah, doubt, doubtful <laughs> with the concussion, it makes no sense. You are either concussed or you are not. I think it's uh, one of those like, will he pass the concussion protocol by a certain by here's, whatever here's the, the thing, like, was? If you don't pass the concussion protocol by the time injury report comes out, you shouldn't be playing. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like 100%. again, concussions. Like we saw. I hate to bring up the tournament with you, but uh, Michigan guard Devontae Jones was out with a concussion, misses their first game, uh, is so, like, uh, driven to participate that he drove himself to the second game and passed protocols and then had to, like, sit down after, like, 12 minutes because he couldn't go. And it's like, guys, don't, do not screw around with, like, this is permanent stuff. You don't screw around with concussions. That was like rushing, you don't try and fudge it. It, it wasn't. It was another like marquee game of the tournament where they had a guy from one of the teams, like well, uh, get hit pretty hardly in the head. Oh, I, 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 I don't know that. I know uh, Ohio State's big man, uh, Zed Key, something like that. Also had it? a si- similar issue that was in the Villanova game, I think. Yeah, I think I think it was that game where he yeah, had a where concussion. he also he he was also same thing coming off a concussion. Had yeah. missed like a week and a half already, two weeks with the concussion, came back and, and played a few minutes and got a little bump and was like, Oh, I'm out. I remember hearing on the broadcast that if this is if that's the player that I was I'm thinking of, that he was out like that he had three concussions already prior to that year. And he got hit in the head and I was like, To the sideline, to the yeah. locker room. No. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Don't mess around with that. I am somebody who has I have had two concussions in my life and it is not a fun ordeal, not a fun experience. I whatsoever. have escaped so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> don't play not playing, or not jump playing on a contact trampoline. sports helps. Yeah, the trampoline's a fun one. <laughs> oh no! All right, I, little sister had a teammate who was, or a teammate, a, a classmate uh, who was paralyzed in a trampoline yep. accident. And after that, it was like, yeah, I don't, 
want to be on one of those. Yep, that was, <laughs> was where I was like, most of my out. life. And most of my life growing up, I was like, trampolines don't seem like fun. That just seems dangerous. And then there's, we got a trampoline. I'm like, yeah, fuck around on it. And then I learned very quickly, don't. Then <laughs> that was the end of the trampoline. You, you fucked around and you found out. <laughs> there was one brief summer where I tried it and then it was gone. So Yeah. And then we got one more um, injury-related note. Do you want to talk about this one? Well, we, we got the uh, the bad news that, that George Blaha is having a uh, somewhat emergency bypass. Like, not an emergency emergency, but uh, had uh, they got the news and he was in, a, in surgery like three or four days later. So, um, yeah, if that, it was quick. Yeah. Or Which, I mean, released quick. Uh, you know, when, when Dad had his bypass, it was the same thing. Went in for a scan and... Hey, you've got a problem. We're gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Yep. <laughs> but but the news that came out after that was that you know everything went well with the surgery. He's yep. doing well, but he's gonna take the rest of the season off, which he should be home. <laughs> it's now. A pretty good option for him. <laughs> yeah, he, George. Yeah, just, he's he's not doing tank. anything anything at all for the next couple months. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a gonna be a long spring for George Blaha. All right. And then we're going to transition from the Sad Pistons news to some actual fun stuff around the league. I tried to pull in a couple. There was not, honestly, a whole lot. <laughs> There's a lot of injury news for the past couple weeks um, since we've been out. Uh, but I want to get this section out of the way because I know we got a lot coming later. So first off, LeBron is... There's going to be a lot of LeBron stats, I feel like, coming up in the next couple years. Um, he yeah. is the founding member of the 30K, 10K, 10K club, which is 30,000 points, 10,000 boards, and 10,000 assists. Which is a lot of a lot of those things. Yeah. And personally, I'd rather it be... <laughs> I want to know what time he was the founding member of the LeBron, Cl- Le- LeBron Club. I can't talk right now. Which was, <laughs> to me, is 27,000 uh, points, 9,000 boards, 9,000 assists. The LeBron triple-double. <laughs> well, isn't it 20, 27, 7, and 7 is the LeBron? Is it 7 and 7? I, I think remember. it's 7, seven and 7. 7 and 9 and 9. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> and he's been, he's he's had the the LeBron club for a long time. Yeah, I feel like he probably had that back in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, but he um, but he passes Malone for number two all time. Yep. Uh, he will probably pass Wilt for not Wilt, sorry, Kareem for number one mm-hmm. uh, next year. Yeah, they're tall Lakers big. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're all tall and Lakers big. <laughs> uh, Which may, is astounding. the interesting thing is, does that. he pass it in a Lakers uniform? That would be a very good bet at the moment. Spicy. I, uh, I personally would vote no on that. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. This this uh, this offseason is one of those where it's like, there's no free agents. And it's like, but LeBron is changing teams. So it's like, holy shit, everyone is going to like flippity-floppity everything if that happens. There's going to be a lot of random consequences and trades and sign-in trades that people didn't expect to happen. A lot of guys turning down options that maybe we didn't expect yep uh, flippity floppity your lebron is my property <laughs> that's no boo boo ew <laughs> that was gross get to All the right. next the other the other fun thing that i found that happened over the past couple weeks is of course the celtics retiring kevin garnett's number five jersey with which, ray allen with ray allen paul pierce perkins i think was there they had the whole gang in town for the retirement but but, but they didn't Not know that ray, ray allen, allen was going to be yeah, there ray allen is the news i know that's awesome. I yeah. Any any time you see stuff like for a little bit. Oh, it's been, it's been openly hostile for yeah. a decade. So what was the 
what was there was some Celtics something or another word. They all got together. They didn't have uh, Allen before like a couple years ago. Was that Cole was Pierce's. when it became like was it Pierce's? Jersey retirement? Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, he, must, he's, yeah, he got his retired earlier. So yeah, for them for for Ray to show up unannounced and you know uh, broker some peace is is pretty cool. I, yep. I appreciate that. It's just nice to see, you know, how time kind of makes bygones be bygones, situations like that. And just let's let everyone be happy. Have fun. Reminisce about the good times. So, yeah. Lastly, I have finally, I feel like, named this uh, little little segment, little topic, which is the This, game, this League Game of the Week. Because This League. Uh, so the Game of the Week that I've chosen, which I have been doing for a couple weeks now, um, is going to be this Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Milwaukee at Memphis, which is just an overall fun game. You get Milwaukee, the reigning champions. We have Giannis, who's insane, and of course the rest of the team around him, playing Ja Morant and his upstart Grizzlies that are looking like one of the better teams in the Western Conference. So should be a very fun game, the best of the East versus the best of the West. Yeah, except we both know that the game of the week is going to be like some random pair of tanking teams that just go off for like 165 against each other. Because that's the, the the like time of year we're in is is like a random OKC Houston game that goes for like an, an over of like two hundred and forty five. <laughs> They're great when everyone just stops playing defense. I mean, yeah. yes, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it. We're gonna get like this sometime between now and the end of the season. We're gonna get like the the Poku thirty five point game, and it's gonna slap. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I have him on my fantasy team. He has been just kicking butt these past couple weeks. All right, let's jump back into the piston stuff because there is a lot of it to cover. Yeah, that's what happens when you skip a week on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead the way. So we got to start with Cade. We know Cade's great. Uh, we got to talk about the the rookie of the year race and what they call anchor biases because I keep seeing people be like, "Ah, Evan Mobley's like tied it up," and like, <laughs> since when? Yeah. Right, like, and people be like, "Well, from the start of the season." It's like, great. Are you watching now? Yeah. Just like, have, have you been watching the past like month or two? It like, Cade is now outperforming him in every statistical category except for like blocks. Cade's been really good defensively, so you can't just be like Evan Mobley plays defense and Cade doesn't because that's not true. And like, Cade is like one of the ten most triple team or double teamed players in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, he's putting a like. I love Evan Mobley, and I'm very pro defense. But this award has always been, like, who's the best offensive rookie? Because that's just what things are. So, in that case, it's Cade by a mile. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not it's not a contest. And when you're talking about, like, which rookie is, like, has been the star, like, it's been Cade. It's, it's been, mm-hmm. like, he was the guy that led the, the Rising Stars game. He, he was the, the big name that anchored the... Uh, what was a stupid game they played with um, the other All-Star Weekend game? The uh, mini-games one. You know what the, I'm talking about. It's something Skills talent. challenge. What is skills challenge, thing, yeah. Right? Like, that was the Cade skills challenge. Like, the these are... This whole season has been like, Evan Mobley's really good doing stuff over here, but have you seen Cade? Like, that's been the story of the season. It's like, as soon as he got healthy, he just keeps yep. doing insane shit. Uh, at a at a rate that like we don't see. If you compare his stats with like other rookies, it's like LeBron James in that 
insane yeah. rookie year that Tyreek <laughs> Evans had. Like that's the stratosphere he's he's been in. Uh, so like I won't be be like mad if Evan Mobley wins, but this idea that like it's a it's a foregone conclusion and that this is like not a race is insane to me because we're gonna get like another thirty point Cade game at some point mm-hmm. uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna we're, like he's gonna finish this season, uh, like on uh like an eighteen five and five streak for the rest of the year, uh, and that mm-hmm. like I feel like people are just gonna ignore that. And, you know, probably be like, oh, it's end of season fluff. And like, no, he's been doing this this whole time um, yeah. on a team I mean, that is utter trash. By the I way. mean, I will be a little upset, mainly because <laughs> I bet on Cade to win the rookie of the year. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you, you should have listened to me because I told you to bet on Evan Mobley. I told everybody to bet on Evan Mobley. I waited until later on when Cade got pretty good odds. I think I have like six to one odds or something like that. So, oh, that was, but, that was pretty good. I mean, if you look up and down, did you do that like a the, couple of weeks into the season? Uh, no, I actually did that not like, okay. a, couple, like a month and a half ago. So it, was it wasn't like recent. Evan Mobley had carved out his own space at the beginning while Cade was hurt or something. Yeah, no, this is this is fairly recent that I that I put that bet on just because I thought about oh, it. Oh, recently, like, yeah, twenty five dollars. Like a month or oh, maybe a month okay. and a half. Yeah, nothing, nothing too. I would say nothing Jaylen too far away. Johnson playing for the Hawks. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just ran, random <laughs> things. The their first round pick, the the Duke forward that uh, oh they yeah, drafted. I'd... Like he hasn't played yeah. for them all year, and now he's getting to play against the Pistons. That's really fun. <laughs> and he just you fouled the shit the out. Of... <laughs> he did foul, right? Okay, yeah. The the ref that's right next to Jeremy Grant as Jalen Johnson goes flying into him doesn't make us like a hand motion for this foul because great yeah love these refs all right so that that was the k talk i think we all know that Cade's really good we we got a a, a, another big thing though to talk about jeremy puts up 40 and it's like looking like a real player again i mean i want i wasn't quite done with the k talk but okay (laughs) what what else do you need to say about i feel like we've said all of the things the point that I want to make is that Cade's kind of consistent scoring is something that, like, is really insanely good. Cade right now has had 27 games this year where he's had 19 or more points. If you want to go up to 25 or more, he's had 11 of those. Mobley has only had 12, 20 or more games. Like, that shows you kind of the stratosphere and the consistency that Cade has had throughout this year. And, like, obviously, statistically, Cade is going to score more just because he's, like, a more ball-dominant player. He's a guard. He's going to have the ball more often. But he's also doing this while putting up, like, 7, 8, 9, even sometimes 10, 11 assists while still scoring, like, 20 points. And being, like, like the very obvious reason that the Pistons win games. Exactly. Mobley, while being a very good and great player, is on a good team with good people around him. He's got a lot of spacing. He doesn't have to do it. He gets the better shots. Kane is doing this all himself. And he's been doing it all himself pretty much this entire year. And... Look, I am. Not, we're obviously biased in this case, but I think if you go up and down and actually look at the season as a whole, you'd be just like it's Cade, and it's not even a competition at this point, personally. But that's neither here nor there. All right, let's talk about Jeremy. Okay, so I guess the big question I have is: is now that Jeremy's starting to look like he's actually like willing to play basketball again, which was a question for a little while, where he was just like not doing the right thing. Team basketball, I'll say. You have to. Yeah. He was playing basketball. 
He was running into defenders, like right into their chest and then dropping the basketball. It wasn't, it barely qualified. Uh, he was doing more than just getting cardio. He was doing more than the Tony Snell. Uh, maybe. Um, so, so my question is this. How does this change, like, whether you want to trade him and what you think his trade value is? So I think it definitely helps even out his trade value that is obviously slipping as the contract runs closer to the end. Because I think he's on a pretty team-friendly deal. He's getting paid, what, like $20 million a year for another, for like next year as well? Yep. So he's on a very team-friendly deal, and whoever re-signs him is going to pay him more than the $21 million he's going to be owed next year. So in that sense, he still is, as we talked about the trade deadline, he's still going to be a declining asset. That being, yes, I, you, you're giving me a face... But, no, I'm watching the game. Uh, Kelly oh, Olynyk just got posterized. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not exactly the Kelly, the biggest Kelly fans in this podcast, so. <laughs> See, I can't watch the game while doing this. I only get one choice at the moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no I'm to watch the game. Um, God, you took me off track. <laughs> so his trade value is definitely going down in terms of you know value as an asset. That being said, in terms of as a player. As we've seen him, especially over these past couple weeks, get more comfortable playing alongside, you know, Caden Sadiq and letting them, you know, do the work and kind of get in the spots that they want to. That's definitely bringing his trade value up a little bit more. And it could turn into a spot where a contender is, you know, losing someone. I've, I'm trying to think of like a hypothetical in my head, but I'm thinking like, of like well, LeBron leaving the Lakers. <laughs> okay. But a situation where someone is losing a player and kind of needs to fill that. Uh, cap spot and all of a sudden you can move Jeremy in there and the one that still intrigues me the most is that we've heard talk of the Trailblazers still being interested in Jeremy in the offseason and willing to dangle their first round pick if they can uh, hold on to it because I believe it's getting shipped out if it's not in like the lottery or something like that um, well it's, it's the, the yeah the the Pelicans pick oh is it the Pelicans pick that will transfer to them if the Pelicans make the play in I think it goes to the. So you have to root the you have to root for the Pelicans so that Portland gets their pick. Ah, from the CJ McCollum deal. The Pelicans have have lot. Well, I guess it's only. I think it's protected top thirteen, something like that. Yeah, I think it's lottery protected. I knew there was something with lottery protections in a in a Trailblazers pick, but anyways, if we get that pick. I would be fine moving Jeremy, and if that trade's available to Portland, I'm down for it. But remains to be seen. Regardless, to get back so, to the actual so point I, itself, I guess I, think I it, didn't. Maybe I think the trade value is not going up, but he is holding so, value so better. So did than this? Tr- did okay. So obviously, like the year loss on his contract is taking value away. Yeah. Is his play changed like the acceleration of that for you? Like is it? Is I think this, it's, do you it's think slowed his... it. It's it's definitely leveled it off more than it would if he kind of, you know, played the same way he did, you know, right when he came back and before he got injured, where it didn't look like he really wanted to be a second banana. Like he wanted to be the guy scoring the points. And <laughs> okay, there's not many teams that Jeremy can be the main guy scoring the points on. Yeah, I don't. I don't just. I had some people tell me that like, oh, the the. Jeremy being a third option is bad for us because teams aren't going to want him as much. And I was like, no, Jeremy being the third option is what teams want to trade for. And he absolutely had to prove that he could keep, you know, he could be this guy in order to just like maintain 
value. Like, if he went into next year, especially on the Pistons and was still doing the bullshit, like, he was not going to get a raise in the offseason. It wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, whether it was a, a trade or, or not. Um, and do not you think. To, not to get off track here, but I just got a breaking news. Uh, New York City vaccine mandate is expected to be rolled back Thursday. Yeah, and a move that surprised absolutely zero people because now that means Kyrie in the playoffs as well as Yankees and Mets players that don't have the vaccine being able to play when baseball yeah. starts up in April. So they're they're cowards. That's yep. all that. Like all the 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 New York mandate is probably like a little like too much now that COVID has started to slide a bit. But like yeah, yeah. no, it's. No, if you're going to have a mandate and you're going to just make exceptions for people that make money, you're just a coward. That is not a mandate. That's essentially what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's pay a fee to get around. <laughs> yeah. That, no. Um, so I guess my, my last question on Jeremy. We heard he was seeking like $25 million a year uh, with you know whatever contract raises. So by the end of his next deal, it would be like in the 30-ish range at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that what he's doing now is going to be worth that? Do you think that he's improving his contract value? Do you think that he's, you know, what do you, what do you think that that's looks like for him? Uh oh, he's giving me the finger. I'm guessing there's an ambulance outside. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it or not, but I'm going to wait no. until. <laughs> no, I was going to allow you to clip that out. But okay. No, no, no. Talk um, through it. Power through. <laughs> um, I would say. It really depends on your situation. And I feel like nowadays with the way teams are made up and it kind of felt like it went this way around the time KD left the Warriors, it matters more who you can fit into the salary hole than necessarily what you're paying them. Like, obviously, if you're going to a team that's over the luxury tax, you're just kind of fitting them into the you know mid-level exception or something like that. But in some of these cases, you're moving off someone who's getting paid a certain amount of money and you're trying to squeeze someone back in for that same salary role. So... Is he worth that money? Probably not. But to get a sign-in trade or, you know, some other cap mechanism to fit him into a team that, you know, wouldn't have that spot otherwise, yeah, he's probably, like, if you can get him, he's going to be worth it for your team. And at this point, like, it, it much has been stated that anything under, like, the Supermax contract is pretty reasonable for anyone that's going to be starting in the NBA today. As long as you can get under about, I don't, so I don't even remember what the cap is anymore. Frickin' take fouls. <laughs> as long as you can stay, as long as you can sign someone for under about like thirty-five million, and they're going to be a good starter. At that point, it's it's all about a wash. Bogey just so, clotheslined Killian and like punched him in the stomach to like stop a fast break, and now Killian is like hurt. That's good. That's Add like that is a ludicrous, flagrant foul. Uh, that uh, we're that's gonna get a, a objection where the fl- he it's he closed fist punches him in the stomach, like closed fist, like it's yeah. that's a flagrant. Uh, um, okay, <laughs> my my thing was as long as Jeremy is still playing like this, I think that's like a fair contract value. Uh, I thought the risk was always that he was going to demand the money. And then demand a role where, like, you have depreciating returns on him. Um, where, like, if he if he's getting paid, like, a second option 
and he's taking the usage of a second option, but he's doing it, you know, with the efficiency he had before. Um, like that's a net negative for you. Mm-hmm. If he's if he's being a third option, getting paid like a third option. Actually, I think twenty four million a year, twenty five million a year is like not quite even full like max third option money really. Like if you're doing that, then, um, like I think I think you can get away with that a little bit. Um, so yeah. I I think it's fine. Uh, I don't think it hurts hurts his value too much either way. All right, we we gotta we gotta talk about the big news of the week though. We we gotta get to the big one. Okay. <laughs> Sadiq. Hits, oh yeah. Hits fifty one. Fifty. Uh, that the, is the Joker to you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that is overblown to me. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the sociopathic to be like the Joker's my favorite character. Just a little bit, like a lot of bits. Actually, it's very sociopathic. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that say that. So, no, there's a lot of people that say the Joker is my favorite villain. There's not a lot of people that are like I identify with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> those are two I have very, a green streak in my hair because those are of two very different things Sadiq wasn't like I love Heath Ledger's performance in the Joker Sadiq was like the Joker kind of gets me and I was like that's pause <laughs> <laughs> pause I also I mean, love that he's like I like playing away from home more because I get to tell you to shut the fuck up and I do love that quite a bit <laughs> I love that quality and I don't I mean I, I have no problems with his take on the Joker but we can talk about the game itself, which was just in fuego. And I think that game alone really helped, I guess, me comprehend what the ceiling of Sadiq can be. Because I don't, I, I, I definitely speak for myself for this, but I didn't see 50 points anywhere in Sadiq's, like, caliber in the games leading up to this over the past year and a half. Like, that to me showed that if he's hot, he can be hot, hot. And he can keep going and carry an offense if need be. So, so I saw it, but like in exactly the context it happened. Because like the important thing about this 51 is this was not Sadiq self-generating drives and free throws to get 51, right? He scores mm-hmm. 10 uh, three-pointers, right? A yep. lot of them open looks early on. He did hit some really nice contested looks later. But like this was Sadiq just being, you know, what I always call the terminal player in an offense, right? The guy who just makes the, the final shot. And, like, 30 of his 50 points are Sadiq just making the shots. And then, you know, he gets, you know, another good 20 off good drives and, and, and stuff like that. And, like, that's, uh, like, that I think is a totally plausible thing to be like, Sadiq might get two or three more of those in his career. Now, is Sadiq going to be a guy that averages 30 and has, you know, 15, 50-point games in his career? No, I don't I don't expect that. But, you know, in the same way that... that Terrence Ross can have a 50-point game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you do everything right. You get a, a team that's defending you badly, and you, you know, you just are a player that's ha- that can have a hot night. Like, yeah. This, like, he's not going to be a guy that's going to grind out 50-point games, right? He's not going to be James Harden scoring, you know, 16 points at the line and, and all that. Yeah. But, but, like, you can do this, and that, and I think... It's it's good to just acknowledge or or not acknowledge. Obviously, everybody is acknowledging that he can score. Uh, it's just good to like understand the difference between those two because you don't want to overhype the fifty as like some some like breakout that's gonna predict future performance. Yeah. 
right? This isn't like Sadiq is going to be a 30 point per game guy in the future. Like, no, it's just really good to know that like, this is what happens when the team works correctly mm-hmm. is you can like, when you have a team that's playing well, that's making like running smart offense and all this other stuff, it adds up to guys having outlier nights because the team is working correctly. And like, that is, I think, actually a more important thing than interpreting this as Sadiq can go off whenever he wants kind of thing. Like, yeah, he's going to go I, off for 30 more, you know, quite a bit, you know. Yeah. But just knowing that he has that in his repertoire where he can go off for, I mean, obviously he's, he's had great scoring nights in the past, but just being able to see how high up it goes is kind of nice for me. That's the way I kind of looked at it, but. Regardless, it was a fun night. <laughs> it was a fun game to go watch, go watch and see. What the heck was that? <laughs> I don't know what face you just made. I made I made a somehow some hair got in my face and I'm confused because I don't have hair to get into my face. <laughs> it was like ah, eh. the uh, the the one thing that we got beef about. Uh, two Uh-oh. things, two beefs, two beefs. The first beef, yep. Corey Joseph. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're, you have Commander a teammate who's on like 41 points trying to go for 50 on pace for 60 and you spend, I, I think it was the, like most of the like late third quarter, yeah, Corey Joseph yeah. was just calling his own number and it was like, what the, no, you like, there were like <laughs> three different Joseph. times where Sadiq Corey was Joseph open on the throwback. never be calling his own number that much. Ever. Let alone in a game that Sadiq is just in fuego from. Just not like, okay. No. Disrespect. Disrespect. Uh, it was not okay. The other thing, the refs just calling a moving screen foul on Marvin Bagley while he's standing still and wiping away the record-setting three-pointer. It wouldn't have been the record-setting. He, he had to make one more to set the record, but it would have been the record-tying three-pointer that would have mm-hmm. meant that Sadiq sets the, the Pistons record with 11. Yep. And the, the refs wipe it away for no reason. Like, that's the thing that, like, you have to challenge that. Coach Casey was driving me crazy by not challenging. Like, you have to challenge that because he made the shot. (laughs) He made the shot. (laughs) As the whistle goes, he makes the shot. The shot is out of his hands. When it it go, when it, uh, when the guy raises his fist and like the, or, uh, does the punch? I can't remember what the symbol is, but, um, what, I don't, I don't know what you're. What you're dancing about? You're making things. Oh, is I don't it, know how you're, far you are you're now streaming the game. Okay, yeah, I found the game. <laughs> I, was, I didn't realize you were streaming the game. Killian just got a dunk, and Webster's like dancing, and I'm like, right "What? Now. Do you like my point I this was much?" Stews. They've got the stew on the sideline dancing. That okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, give give City back his three pointer. Uh, he scored 54 points in my book, and he's now the all time uh, <laughs> uh, single game three point leader for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Between that game, like stuff that has happened in that game, as well as multiple college basketball games over the weekend, I'm just like, I'm not to your level of being done with officiating, but boy, it was a rough. It was not a banner weekend for officials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a bad week for for multiple things. Being an, an Arsenal fan and hearing uh, Frank Lampard say that like. Yeah, you should just, you should, uh, getting your bone broke is a, is a rite of passage. You should have to have surgery on your hips when you retire. Uh, I should be allowed to hack you to that point. Uh, officiating is fine because his team wanted to hack, uh, young star Bakayo Saka. It's like, just the, the, mm-hmm. uh, I, I say this all the time. Like, 
the amount of excuses you hear for bad officiating is insane. It's just like mm. an insane degree of Stockholm syndrome where every single person is like, I've suffered, you have to suffer too. And like, what if? No. <laughs> just no. What if we didn't do this? What if we took away the take foul on transition because it was just dumb? What if we just stopped it? What if we, we could do that. We have the power. <laughs> just like everyone's like, we can't, we can't change the game. If we change the game, things will change. It's like, yeah, that's the point. This is bad. This is actively bad for basketball. It's actively bad for other sports. Uh, oh, yeah. All just, right. Get us back mm, on track. Mm. All right. I had I had Stu's name down here. I don't actually have a thing to say about Stu. Yeah, He's I been Isaiah Stewart for like a week. Stu. I didn't know if you had a thing to say about Stu. Uh, uh, he did pretty good against Orlando, but past that, it was the Stu week. Yeah. Stewie, Stewie, Stu. Got a lot of uh, boards. Uh, knew a whole lot else. Got some boards. Yeah. Not a whole lot. We, we're going to have to talk, uh, we, we won't get to it today, but we'll have to talk sometime in the future about the, the switching defense and kind of what, like, going into next year, what the big men, like, how this team is going to have to play and what kind of changes we're going to have to see. Because the one thing that's that's been, like, I notice all the time about Isaiah Stewart is, like, we keep seeing him be switched all the time. It's mm. all the switching. And, like, I don't want that. Yeah, no. Not because he's, he's bad not. at it, but like this is just not the right way to play basketball. Uh yeah. ever. Like that's for just, any that's team. That's a whole NBA thing. It's not it's not just a Pistons thing. That's a that's an NBA thing. Well, but the Pistons are one of the few teams running the scheme. Like this is this is a scheme thing. And like I'm just very tired of it and I'm really hoping that they're not like I'm hoping this season is them just giving him reps in this to like yeah. see if he can do it. And give it, like, and not them being like, you know what? The best way to use Isaiah Stewart is as a soft switching team because I'm just I'm tired of that. I'm I'm so exhausted by it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we got to move to to uh, to Killian Hayes here. Uh, yep. Another concussion uh, yep. takes him out of a couple games this week because Kelly Olynyk is just like an absolute klutz. <laughs> um, it's like sometimes is it <laughs> like is he. Is he really that much? Like, he can't be that much of a klutz. So many things happen with Kelly. But it's like, sometimes it's friendly Doesn't fire. just, like, run into him. Runs into him, and afterwards is like, you know what the next thing I should do is? Raise my elbow above my head and elbow him in the face. And it's just like, Kelly, any kind of awareness, man. Any kind. Yep. Any kind of awareness. And you don't concuss your young playmaker, and we get to watch Killian for three more games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh... He's been having, I think, a pretty good stretch here uh, when he's been healthy. I think we keep seeing <laughs> him get healthy, a little more yeah. forceful and a little more forceful and a little more forceful. Uh, I think we're starting to see some of the, the footwork technique like settle in a little bit for him. We're starting to see him hop step uh, into floaters and into jumpers. He's not making things, but like there's st- there are very clear mechanical tweaks from where he was um, you know, three, four months ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just I just hope that we keep getting you know thirty minutes a game of of Killian for the next couple of weeks and and we round the season out with you know hopefully a big performance or two, uh, you know to yep. to give people confidence going into the year. And uh, I will say with Killian is he's one of the players that I expect probably more than anyone else in the Pistons to take. Like I cannot wait to see what he has in store this off season because I think he has all the potential to make a leap next year, and be into that guy who's. A starting quality like player and someone that you can trust moving forward that he can he has like we've seen the talent but knowing that he has the consistency to stick on the floor 
uh, throughout the game. So I really hope we don't see him in Summer League. Because yeah. if we don't see him in Summer League, that means that like the staff has absolutely seen stuff from him in like workouts where they're like, yeah, we don't need this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially because like we know that like he can play defense, we know he can pass, we know he can run pick and rolls. Uh, yeah. You know, like the only thing that, that we care about at all at this point is the shooting and the finishing. And like if if he can get to a point where like they're confident enough that he's making progress and he doesn't need Summer League, that would be a great sign. Even if yeah, he does play. I hope we get, like, the Bruce Brown Summer League where he just, like, goes off. Yep. And I feel like he's done a very good job, especially facilitating the ball over the past couple months. And he's really looked a lot more comfortable, you know, on the ball with the ball in his hands. So, at the very least, I expect him, like, the end of, towards the end of this year and especially into next year to be kind of the main ball handler. I hope and pray that we could have him starting the game and finishing the game. And other than that, playing away from Cade. So that way he can have... His own time with the ball in his hands. If Dwayne Casey's still around, I'm not confident in that because Casey loves to put everyone together and just pl- platoon swap everyone. So if that's the case, then I'm kind of hoping he comes off the bench. But regardless, I oh, Rodney. <laughs> regardless, I've liked what I've seen uh, all around from Killian, and I it just he's definitely the one player that I want to see as many minutes as he's healthy for the rest of the stretch, um, and especially going into next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had another killing point, and it's gone now. It's just in the ether. It just floated away. Um, yeah, trying to pod while watching the game definitely you lose some thoughts in in between. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a uh, couple more names on the list: Isaiah Livers. Uh, yeah, boy. Yeah, I forgot what it was like to have a, a wing that knew how to swing pass. Like, we haven't had it since Bullock and, and uh, Marcus mm. Morris left, but, like, just, Bullock like... Bullock great at that. Bullock is awesome at it. And just, like, yeah. guys who just, like, don't hold on to the ball. They don't need to jab step. They just give up the ball. Yeah. It just goes to the next the person. And you shoot. It feels so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, having some actual floor spacing feels good. It feels good as a Michigan fan just to see him out there, like, healthy. Uh, it feels really good to see somebody who knows how to communicate on defense... Uh, that isn't Cade or, like, one of the centers that's forced to communicate. I still don't think any of the Pistons' bigs are good communicators. I don't think that's uh, Isaiah's best asset yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, just really nice to see that, like, turns out you can have reasonably good basketball players on your team. (laughs) Just, just like, guys who look like they've been coached before. Feels great. I mean, for where we got him... And obviously, you know, before the injury, he was expected to be, like, kind of a late first-round pick. He's been phenomenal. And <laughs> kudos to the Pistons. I mean, obviously, he's someone that played in their own backyard, so it's easy to identify. You've had The John easiest Beeline, scout in the him. world. <laughs> Beeline, Beeline coached him, right, at some point? Oh, yeah. He, he had so two like, years of Isaiah Livers. Like, should it have been a layup for Three? a second-round pick? Two. Uh, two years, I think. But still, the fact that they made it and it's worked out has been splendid. Very happy with what I've seen from Livers. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say. He's been a serviceable basketball player, and he is definitely, I feel like, shown himself to be like a rotation player and somebody who can bring out the bench and bring defense, bring shooting, that like 3 and D big wing that everyone wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just nice to have like an eighth man that's like an actual like, rotational eighth man when you want to be good. You know, like, uh, there's been some people who's like, is Isaiah Levers a starter? And it's like, he doesn't He doesn't have to be. 
it's okay to just like find rotation yeah. players. It's just it's the same as Isaiah Stewart, where everyone's like, Isaiah Stewart's gonna be the starter for the next ten years. Just like, what if he just played <laughs> twenty two minutes a night, but he did this? That's really good. <laughs> I'm really yeah. cool with that. That's really great. You know, like the one of the confusing things. The next guy on the list, Marvin Bagley. Like, I don't know what Marvin Bagley is. Like, mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley is a bench guy, productive, but not stable. <laughs> like, no, oh, yeah. I, I still don't. I still don't really understand what. Like, for me, I don't know. Maybe you're different in this. I don't know if we ever really talked about that. Like, I always want my bench to just be like guaranteed stuff. I want to know exactly what my bench is going to do. Maybe have like your one sixth man candidate who like might go off for 30 and might not but like for the most part i want my bench big to be like explicitly fill a role i want my bench wings to explicitly fill roles i don't want them to be like i don't want to have questions about my bench's production and like for me that's like marvin bagley i i'm i still don't know what that production is gonna be like is he gonna give up a bunch of points on defense this game i, I no clue not none whatsoever are we gonna play him next to isaiah stewart and just fuck off for the game turns out we're gonna do that all the time don't know why yeah. but we're gonna do that yeah. uh one one thing that we have noticed for bagley that i'm kind of wondering if they're gonna be able to coach out of him he can't roll to the right side of the rim yeah like he is there's very like a, left-hand dominant. A, a cognitive dissonance where like righties can roll to the left mm-hmm <laughs> this this should not be a problem but like when it's one of those things where it's like was he told his whole career like you're a lefty go to the left kind of thing and like well he just, just like he wants to he wants to like reach out with the left and like at full extension and bring it down and he can't like he doesn't have the footwork to backpedal going to the right or like slide going to the right and just like stay planted on the right side of the rim and just jump and put it down with the with the left, which is what righties do on the left side, right? They just kind of plant themselves yeah. there and jump for it. He doesn't have it. Every time somebody goes there, he like he looks like a like a like the an offensive lineman in a trick play going into the end zone where they're like the offensive lineman is like leaking out for a fade and it's above their head and they just like oh, the... start going backwards and just like fall over. He's done that like three times. So it's like Marvin, that was a totally catchable pass. Like all you yeah. had to do was not trip yourself. <laughs> just I one of those things where it's like, Marvin, if we could clean this up, that would be great. Because it's actually like, you do have to be able to play with Killian Hayes. Yeah. And like, Killian's going <laughs> to put in a lot of work to put yeah. you in the best spot, but you have to be able to help him out a little bit. And there's been like five lobs where it's like, Marvin, if you just, just rolled like a person who'd rolled before, we'd be good here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think as a whole, I've been... I feel like relatively satisfied with Bagley. I don't think he's he's been exactly what I expected. I don't. Off, I still yeah. don't know if I'm like sold on it, like as a future thing. But like I, I'm not. Like See, I don't think we lost a trade, like or anything like that. Certainly not. You look at kind of more of the intricacies of the game, whereas I'm usually when I'm watching, I'm not. He's been fun, as in depth as <laughs> and he's been fun. I like watching him. He's not a bad player. Is he a net positive? Maybe not. Maybe he is. I haven't looked at the stats. I haven't looked at it too far. But as a whole, when he's been on the floor, I've been happy. So the happy index is plus. And that's <laughs> well, that my we'll, we'll talk analytics. more about the, the big man rotation in the offseason, especially, yeah. I think, after the lottery. But my, my biggest thing is, like, I don't yet know where how I want to use Marvin Bagley or, or, like, what I want him to be two years from now for this team. And, like, 
if you end up with a big man in the lottery and like if you end up with like I don't know what that rotation looks like. I don't know how you how you get what kind of bigs you get. So we'll have to cover that more uh, later. But I, I still just have a lot of questions for Marvin. We've I mean, got one one more name, Saban Lee. Yeah. He's got some minutes. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm kind of giving up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know um, how he's gone. Not not like fully regressed, but he doesn't. He hasn't regressed at all. That's the thing. Like this has just, just kind of he... been. Saban. He's been who he is. Yeah, and he hasn't, like, that used to excite you when he was, like, a rookie, but at this point, it's like, you gotta have some improvements here, and we're so, like, guard-heavy on this team as it is, I just don't see, you know, the need for him at the moment. Yeah, so. well, and, like, there, my my issue with Saban is, like, he, I think he's added skills, but I don't think he's learned lessons. Like, he mm-hmm. keeps going up for dunks with full at full extension. He just puts the ball as far away from his, above his head as he can, and he just goes up like that. And then he gets the shit swatted out of it. And it's like, Saban, you can dunk. You can dunk dunk. You need to be protecting that ball on the way up and then dunk, you know, extending late and dunking it. You can't expose the ball around NBA shot blockers, around mm-hmm. NBA guards. Like, Killian Hayes is blocking that, much less an actual big. You yeah, just like can't big, do yeah. it. And you've had, like, eight of these blocked. You just have to learn. And, and that's where it's just like, I don't, if you can't learn the lessons, I don't know if you're going to last long enough for the new skills to be valued. And I just, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, do we give Kojo minutes to Saban? And like, I, I don't know how you can, I, I just don't know how you can. Cause he's not good defensively either. He's just not like, he's not providing you value other than sheer pace in transition. You, um, you, you can you can give him the the Kojo minutes because we're tanking. <laughs> Kojo isn't exactly yes. The but the, the problem future. is like when Saban's in, it's the Saban show because he doesn't have That's any true. value to you off ball. And so the thing, the nice thing about Kojo is like until he starts calling his own number, yeah, you can just put Kojo, Kojo in the corner and let Cade <laughs> experiment, and then you just have a forty percent three point shooter in the corner. And like, like I'm all for tanking, but like. Tanking is like putting in a bad lineup for like seven minutes in the worst spot, right? It's like it's being it's mm-hmm. not it's not being like we're gonna bench our best player and make Cade suffer and play with. Hey, uh, Killian Hayes makes a three. I love that. I know you're a good five uh, to I, ten seconds behind me. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm definitely am. I was like, I thought you were giving me that. He gave me the point with like the pen, and and I thought you were telling me that it was a good point, but no, you're telling me that Killian Hayes made I'd a good, never give a me that good satisfaction. play. Uh, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> Um, we got, we got to get on, we got to get on to, uh, I think we already answered the first of our open questions is what do we think the tank is going to look like? We don't know. Uh, I don't think the Pistons have to try really hard with this tank and what the fuck was that Kojo? (laughs) You're going to see that in about five seconds. Kojo just threw the ball right over Stu's head. (laughs) No, that was bad on Stu. I'm calling that. I'm saying, I'm saying that's bad. It wasn't great on Stu. Stu, It wasn't a good pass, but that he wasn't ready for it, but it was not a good pass. (laughs) You you have to be ready for for a pass. Uh, it shouldn't have been an overhead pass. It should have just been a handoff. But yeah, although it looks like the Pistons uh, are they're up ten, about to go into half here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they maybe they me, might need to tank. It's driving harder. me crazy. Trey Young, please, for the love of God, <laughs> carry this team to a one. win. Yeah, please, please put forty five on us. Please, I'm begging you. Yeah, I don't uh, feel like preferably when Killian is not in the game. I would like his plus minus stats to reflect positive things. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> you and Koo are just full steam ahead on just talking up uh, Killian at every chance possible. I love him very much. And All right. the, the thing, we've gone over this before, but like, I keep saying this. If Killian figures out the shooting, and I think he will, that player is so valuable. Like. Yep. He's really got pretty much everything else. <laughs> the, ver- the version of Killian that's, like, baseline good at all the things people complain about is, like, maybe an all-star? Maybe not? Like, it depends on, on, like, how things balance out and how much, like, usage he actually gets. But, like, more importantly, that player, the guy who defends, is 6'5", rebounds, makes great passes, and, like, can hit corner threes. That player is, like, a guy you give $20 million to to, like, come in and, like, be the guy for your team. Mm-hmm. Like... If he yep. can be 6'5", Jalen Brunson. Like, like they do not that dude is so valuable. <laughs> Please yeah. give that to me. I'm willing to yeah. wait a year or two of, of you know rough seas to land on those shores. Yep, Just and this is what we've give been talking it to about. Me. Literally since we drafted him. Is that Please. We see that ceiling. We see that potential. It's every opportunity to be there. And people yeah. that are trying to sell high or sell low on Killian, it's just like, I don't know if you're watching the same thing I'm watching. No. I don't know if you're seeing what not. I'm seeing. Because you see so many different oppor- like chances in a game where he makes that pass where you're like, holy shit, how did he see that? Or he, he has a drive and just has just a weird finish and it doesn't quite go in, but you could tell where he was thinking about and you just got rid of all the topics on what we're doing now. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's like he's the kind of basketball player that you want on your team especially a young team that's trying to learn so yeah i love it all right we we're going long so i'm going to take some of the some of the open questions we have and we're going to put them put them when are we aside. not going along <laughs> when it's the off season baby <laughs> we're going to pod that off season baby all right i think we got to get to the draft and and uh get to, it, it's halftime we've been podding for the whole game so who is our prospect of the week it is, and why Benedict. is it not a Duke guy? <laughs> because I am salty. Is is why? And Jake said that the point guard who killed my hopes and dreams is uh, not an NBA player. <laughs> He's not an NBA player. Jeremy Roach like is very two small. Two shots in a row. Oh, um, Jer- Jeremy Roach has also just been like March. I can be Kemba Walker. It's March, and it's yeah. like Jeremy. Where was this for like the rest of the season? <laughs> I liked it better when he didn't have that. Um, so our our player that we're going off of, and I put him in here because he did have a good a good day as well um, in their win a, against a fantastic TCU. day. TCU was it? I forget yeah. who the heck they were playing. But yeah, he had a phenomenal game. Um, our guy from the Arizona Wildcats. It is Benedict Ben Matherin. Ben Math. Ben Math. Much yeah, easier. You did you did pronounce that correctly? I know you were I know you were working on it. Took a second. You did it get was just one of those things it. where it's like I haven't said his name probably more than like once or twice, but I've thought it and I've heard it, and I'm like, do I have it right? I think I do. I want to know how you say it wrong. <laughs> I Mothrin or something. I don't know. Mothrin. <laughs> Give me any opportunity. I will mispronounce a name. <laughs> yes, you will. All right. You want to give us the 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 bio here? Yep, so he is a... I know you can read a tankathon page. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do all day. <laughs> I keep looking at Chet and Paolo and being like, how do I get you to come to where I want? Here. Um, Importantly, here. So he was a 6'7", 200-pound wing, kind of a 2'3", kind of tweener. 
to me, he looked... He looks, honestly, more like a three just because he's so big, but I think he definitely has the skills to play the two um, in league as well. Good north-south athlete. A lot of brim pressure from the wing. Um, he was really uh, shown in that uh, game against... I was It, it was TCU. Yeah. Um, TCU, was, 30 points, the dunk over the center that, like, baptized yeah. him into, like, a religion that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Soon to be a religion. Uh, but as a whole, really great, um, you know, person around the basket, whether it's attacking it, whether it's cleaning up the boards, all around, great athlete. Good shooter, shooting 37% from three with good volume and a lot of difficult looks. Um, you're noted here this that he can nail him from 28 feet out, which is pretty impressive for the college level. 77% in line, so a solid free throw shooter as well. Nothing too crazy um, there for the college level, but regardless, pretty rapid growth this year. Um, got a bit bigger. <laughs> was that weight or height? <laughs> Both. Both. I, th- I think he, I think he's, he's had probably an inch or two. He looked of, big of in, the, in that, in the game against TCU. And he's, he's I, absolutely, he watched... absolutely made friends with somebody in the weight room who deals a little, <laughs> little something. Cause that dude has probably put on like 12 to 15 pounds of like chiseled good stuff. He's listed right now at 200 pounds. And I think he's probably closer to like two ten. That dude, he's a big dude. And last yeah. year, like looking at him next to, uh, uh, looking at him playing for Canada, like Caleb Houston's like six seven and a half, and Ben Math didn't look anywhere close to him. Yeah. Uh, and like he's he's already like vastly outpaced Caleb in terms of of uh, muscle growth, and like gotten a lot closer size wise to what Caleb is because Caleb's probably listed at six eight six nine mm-hmm. so yeah yeah as a whole i mean the things that kind of stood out to me at least in that game was his tenacity and just going for everything like he gave a big shit which sometimes you don't see these like lottery picks especially the freshmen you don't see him really caring too much or going too hard like he was all across the floor grabbing rebounds dunking on people he has it he has the motor he has the drive and that is something that I feel like you always want out of, like, a lottery freshman. Like, those are the type of players where you see them come in, you know they're going to go to the draft immediately. They don't really care too much. They're just kind of passing through, collect your $200, go pass, go. <laughs> but he he cares and he tries, and that's something that, you know, you can say, like, oh, he shoots 37% from three, he's six seven. He has all the intangibles, everything you want, but he also has the it thing, too. So That's the intangible. That's he has all the tangibles. And the okay, intangible. <laughs> he is it all. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing for him is, like, he he hasn't, like, tried to be too much of what he isn't, which is good. Like, he is mm-hmm. not a point guard or, like, a point forward. And, like, what, some of the stuff he's done so far this year at Arizona, like, he's taken on more of a playmaking role, but it's all, like, north-south dump-off stuff. It's, yeah. it's all coming off handoffs and, and getting going. It's all triple threat kind of takeoffs. You know, there's no there's no weaving around, dribbling around bullshit stuff from him, um, which is really good because, like, he is going to be a complimentary wing. Your, your DHO threat, your catch-and-shoot attacker, your floor spacer, um, he's going to be a guy that probably defends twos and threes for you. That's what he is. Like, I, I keep seeing him as, like, he's KCP except, like, way bigger yeah um, just a bigger kcp and just like just like much more muscular 
And like if he if he's KCP but defending twos and threes instead of ones and twos, like it's not That's the fine. guy that you're like, ah, I'm so glad we got out of this horrible tanking season with Ben Matherin. Right? Like it that would definitely be a disappointment relative to Paolo and Jabari and Chet. Yeah. But like he's not one of the definitely top an NBA guys. player. Right? Like definitely yeah. this dude is gonna play in the NBA. There's there's no bust potential here for me. Uh yeah. With with Ben Math, which is definitely like a compared to some of the other like guys, the, yeah, yeah, definitely a good I, thing. I would say, would you put him in like the top like three to five like prospects where it's like they're going to be in the NBA in five years? You know, he's he's going to be in the NBA. He's going to be on a second deal. Yeah, like a, a similar type of guy would be like um, Ben McLemore. Or just like, like you just follow even the even when Ben McLemore <laughs> has like the worst possible outcomes ben mclemore still an nba player Mm -hmm. like it just like you it's you the nba is not a league that affords to give up on guys with size athleticism and like any kind of fringe shooting talent okay well hold on (laughs) i don't know if you've been i love ben mclemore but he's not exactly the biggest guy so i disagree with you slightly on the point person you chose to bring up but i love me ben mclemore what do you what do you got he cannot be taller than 6'5", at like a 2'3". Yeah. I think he's like 6'4". That's yeah. not size. What are ben, you talking about? Ben Matherin's like 6'7". Like he's... He can play any... The first, yeah. like, two or three. Like he's got size in the world. I don't... <laughs> ben Matherin doesn't, doesn't have size. The point is that, like, Matherin was, like, a wing prospect who was supposed to oh, be... Yeah. the Like, this was the same profile. Now, he was, like... Again, it's like uh, Matherin is like the the like bigger version of it, but it's like it's the mm-hmm. same kind of profile. And the NBA, yeah. even though he had a terrible start to his career, the NBA was like, we can't give up on this guy. These tools are too important. Yep, yep. and he and just I, like I love stayed him in the league. You know, he's he's always going to be in the league. People are always going to see what, and it's not even like a full on like, oh, this is the potential of what he could be. He has that. Don't get me wrong, but on top of that, he's also proven that he can play in the league. In Mclemore's case, and I think. Matherin will have the same outcome as well. So, um, so I think the the fit in Detroit, real obvious, right? The complementary wing, he plays next to Sadiq, probably guards the smaller players, um, probably guards your twos for for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, takes uh, moves Cade to the to the point guard position full time, real obvious. Um, you know, is there a better fit in their range? I don't know. Like he fits everywhere. Uh, yeah. Like something, something I was looking at around was like, I don't know if he's the best fit for the Spurs because this, like, again, he fits everywhere, but he doesn't like exceed anything. But like yeah. going to someplace like San Antonio would be awesome for him. <laughs> like if they keep pop around for another couple of years, if, if pop decides to like keep going, like just learning to play the right way and learning some more of the like really subtle wing tricks could really help him because i think there's going to be several teams that like try and make him bradley beal mm-hmm. and like i don't i don't know that he needs to try to be that like if he grows into that organically great but like i really just want him to like learn all the danny green shit first <laughs> like yeah. let's let's talk about how to like move the ball quickly let's talk about all this stuff somebody's bicycling in a supergirl suit cool great <laughs> this game is very distracting um so like <laughs> I, I wrote here like the very 
very like furthest outlier outcome is like some kind of Beale-esque wing score. Um, yeah. And would like, you see when I was watching him, the person that came to mind for me was like a Lance Stevenson, a slightly more offensive-minded Lance Stevenson. No, no, no. Lance makes him dance. He's he's like like the yeah. the the fun thing about Beale is like he was always a north south guy with like a little bit of like hesitation craft and he just I like, watched many a Beale game. Yes, I know. Right. <laughs> but like Beal was Beal didn't come into the league as like a I'm going to cross you up and and handle the ball. And even now, he's really like he's gotten better, but like that's not really his game. And that's the same Here's with the... like Ben Math. Is like he's not going to be a complex dribble guy. He's not going to be James Harden, right? He's that is never yeah. going to be the outcome for him. But he could end up being like even even like a, a um, Devin Booker. Like no, it's not too. It's it's not him. But like Beal is is an interesting case of like a guy who just took really good North South craft and turned it <laughs> into being a, uh, a a scoring leader, right? An NBA mm-hmm. scoring leader, and like that's the the very outlier outcome. I don't think that happens for for Matherin, but he does have you know, the tools to, to make it work if he, if things break perfect for him. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And like I said, I think he's, he's got one of the highest floors you can get and he's still got a pretty good ceiling as well. So as a whole, no complaints in terms of the prospect there. Yeah. So, um, I guess the, the concerns we, we just mentioned it, but like not the craftiest of ball handlers. Um, yeah, I do think his defense comes and goes. He's not as good a left, right, like lateral athlete as, uh, he is North South. So like he tends to do a lot of like chasing and stuff. And like when he has to mirror guys, mixed results, his off ball defense can be kind of messy. So, um, he's definitely got a lot of just like fundamentals and focus things to clean up. Um, you know, before he can really be like locked in as one of the, as one of the better three and D wing athletes. Like he, he just has to. You know, it's it's the obvious stuff, right? The the obvious stuff you get with all the college guys. Uh, I hoped his defense would be a little better this year because he is a sophomore, but that's that's what you yeah. get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not so much else to what, put on with that. Yeah. The dribbling is definitely the have? the dribbling is definitely the concern that I guess stuck out. Like he's not going to be the ball handler. He's not going to be the main guy. What is happening in this on this damn bicycle? That's <laughs> a lot. A lot is happening. Uh, are you on the Hawks feed or the Pistons feed? I'm on the Hawks feed somehow. Oh, okay. I'm getting a Rex Calamian interview right now. <laughs> Shout out to Rex. Hello, Devin Gardner. Uh, the uh, so so I guess do you, what other questions do you have, or did you have any other questions about Ben Math? I mean, not really. I feel like we talked about the most. But we've seen the positives. We've talked about that for a while. The negatives. Yeah, I mean, the defense. It looked pretty good, and I've been watching him. I haven't watched a whole lot of his tape. I give the credit to you on that. Uh, but the ball handling was definitely something that kind of. You can tell he's not fully comfortable dribbling it, and he's. That's where I worry about him being kind of a two in the NBA is that the ball handling and he's not gonna. He doesn't look like he wants to be like a main or even like a secondary ball handler. He looks more like kind of like a slashing wing. So yeah, and he's he's not like any kind of advanced passer. Like he makes the read that's in front of him. He makes the drop down, the drop offs. Every now and then he pulls out like a nice corner skip, and you're like, oh, but uh, that's that's about all you get. Mm-hmm. so yeah i have him right now about seventh on my board um kind of after yeah. the chat paolo jabari ivy uh griffin and then it's like mm, durin or ben math is probably seven seven or eight for me so 
we'll have yep, to talk no. about about Durin, I think, next week. Yeah, I think definitely between Chet Paolo Jabari is going to be the top three in whatever order you, you feel. Ivy's probably going to be fourth, and then fifth we'd like AJ Griffin a lot, of course. But yeah, definitely in like the six, seven, eight. He's he's definitely somewhere in that look. He's somewhere in that area. Yeah. So if he's there later than that, then <laughs> trade De- up. Definitely and try and get a guy him. where you're you've slid in the lottery if you're if you're taking Ben Matherin, but mm-hmm. still a good name yeah, to but, keep an eye on. Not someone the Pistons should be directly looking for unless they make a trade to get one of the other picks. So who knows? It is kind of like one of those guys that's like a, a sneaky like rookie of the year candidate. There's there's like very much a a a a case where like he comes in and just hits a lot of shots and like plays reasonable enough defense and some of the other guys like there's there's some some warts on some of the other players at the top of this draft where they might struggle early Mm -hmm. and Ben Math is like comes in as like a polished guy that just like scores fifteen five and two for somebody because they need him to score. Yep. Situation situation situation. Keegan Murray also an extremely high. Uh, value rookie of the year candidate then kind of the um michael carter williams role. exactly <laughs> exactly yes yeah, I, I, I saw where you were going with that all right i, I have I nothing good that... to say about keegan murray after he helped ruin my uh bracket so wait see this is, you should have consulted with me i would have told you never bet on iowa oh i know i i realized that i knew it myself but i'm like ah, they, they got hot the problem is i had the, the hot hand fallacy just took me and just spit me out this year so it's not even a hot hand fallacy because like they were good all year it's not like they, it's not like it was outlier yeah, good but, it's just but they, the fran mccaffrey fallacy where you bet on fran mccaffrey to do anything any kind of adjustment when things run the line fran is one of my least favorite coaches in the big 10 i it was not me betting like expecting fran to do anything i'm just like this i like their path yeah it was useless everything was stupid this year <laughs> don't look at me I also had Arizona in the final, so yeah, that's a better pick. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> that's a better pick. We're I uh, I I don't do brackets, obviously. Uh, you know this. I, I think I've made mm-hmm. it clear to people, but I I don't like brackets. I think they're relatively stupid. But I am rooting very heavily for like an Arizona Gonzaga final because it would just that was be my final that I predicted. It mm-hmm. would be a very good final. I would I would love uh, to see that. <laughs> I think we're I think we're due for a Duke Gonzaga rematch before the final. I think they're in the same side of the bracket. That's when they both that... win this week. Yep, they're in the same. Yeah, that's that why it's like a for really Michigan State, I'm just like just beat game. Duke. That's all I want. It's, I know we're not beating Gonzaga. Just beat Duke. Yeah, the Gonzaga matchup was would have been real real rough. That would have been. Brutal. I, I thought I, honestly I love, that I love that... Bingham, but that's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was actually a pretty good showing for MSU. All things I know they lost know the was. game, but. I did not expect them to do even that well against Duke, so... I think we were... We had a... I mean, to get us even more off track, like, I feel like the, the season definitely had its ups and downs, but I felt like it went out on a high I thought that was just I'm an objectively bad see. MSU team. I did not think that was a good yeah. team. I thought I thought Izzo squeezed a lot out of that team that, like, should not have been there. This team was a good team when Gabe Brown was being a positive basketball player. When he was being a net negative on the court, then the when, team when just... T- when Tyson out. Walker and... Uh, Malik Hall were like actually playing well. You guys looked like a real team, and when they weren't, yeah. But yeah. I mean, they came and they go. They came and they went. And I think we could have been decent without them. But the problem was, Gabe Brown had a stretch in the middle of the year where he just he couldn't make a shot. He didn't want to take a shot. He didn't want to. 
It looked like be on the basketball court half the time. And he's got weird shooting mechanics too. I, it's I, so weird. I don't. It's I don't really understand arm. it because he's a really efficient shooter. But every time I look at him as a draft prospect, I'm like, what? I don't trust this at all. <laughs> I don't just, know like, what's going on. I don't know why your wrist is twisting and like wrenching around. Uh, Johnny Davis like does the same thing, by wrong. the way, which is why Johnny Davis is now back down to earth from three yeah. and has slid into like the ten to twelve range for me on my board because he's starting to look like Johnny Davis again. Yeah, but overall, MSU, obviously, we'll probably talk about Michigan a bit more next week, depending on how they do. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, I'm just curious to see what becomes of this team, like who comes back, who leaves, because technically speaking, everyone can stay around. But, and there's do no you guys get really, another year of Gabe Brown? We get another year of Gabe Brown, get another year of Bingham, this, get another year his... of uh, Hauser as well, technically. See, Bingham was else. out there kissing the floor on senior day. You can't, you can't be kissing I the mean, floor on senior day and then come back. That's weird. I know, I agree, but they still haven't made up their mind, quote-unquote, and we can see what happens. I wouldn't expect them all to be back, but if we can get one of that group, which is weird to say, I'm I'm rooting for Hauser to come back. He's definitely the one I want least of that group to come back. I I feel like Hauser is just, like, I feel like, like, Izzo has relied on Hauser to fill gaps that he should have relied on Malik Hall to fill, and it's, like, bit him in the ass over and over and over again. On the same point, Malik Hall hasn't really been consistent enough to show why he he's just so up and down. And he, I don't disagree, but also he keeps year. having his minutes given to Joey Hauser when, like, last year Joey Hauser was playing and just I like mean, look, absolutely I'm never not earning your minutes. And now Hauser needing as many minutes as he has or needing more minutes, it's, it's just <laughs> like ugh. I, he's definitely been one of my least favorite basketball players we've had in a minute. But tiny face, very weird head, very weird looking just, head, just baby face, very strange face. Uh, <laughs> Where it's like, if you can get Malik Hall to like just be Malik Hall, the good Malik Hall, that Malik Hall is an NBA player. So just, can we work on that, please? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Because I would like to year, see that Malik Hall in the NBA. Every year there's some random MSU player. It's like, oh, he makes the jump, and he, it's worked. I mean, Gabe looked good at the start and the end of this year. The year before that, it was Henry, who definitely took a jump. So we'll see. Malik Hall is the one I have pegged for the, he's making a jump. So we'll see. He's a, he'll be a junior next year or a senior? Senior, I believe. Yeah. But you know how that works. It's like senior year with, with an extra year of eligibility, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Nobody really knows. Okay. All right. That's too long. I'm yawning. Yep. Half You're time right, is almost out. over. We'll see Half everybody is over. hopefully next week. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.